The following episode of Fofop is classified MA. It contains some coarse language, some nudity, drug references, a sex scene, time travel, terrible Batman impersonations, a Charlie Clausen pronounced Clausen-shaped hole, and mild coarse language. Fofop advises that the program is not suitable for persons under the age of 15, and minors must be accompanied by an adult guardian or priest. This is John Deke speaking. Everyone relax. This is Topher. Ironically, I'm not relaxed. <laughs> Three friendly pencils. These are cool. Uh, hello and welcome to Fofop. I'm Will Anderson. Our guest Charlie Clawson, as you will know, if you've uh, listened to these in the correct order, uh, this is a three-part trilogy. Uh, so, well, I guess, that's what it, I guess that's what it, a willogy. A willogy. It's a willogy. Uh, Andy Peters is our guest, Charlie. Yeah. Hello. Welcome back. I called it in the elevator. I called it a, uh, a, a, bundle, a bundle pack. It's like a bundle pack. Yeah. It's, it's like, you know, it's just something different. Yeah. Just a bit of fun. Uh, but you were talking about my pencils. I bought these. Uh, Amy's been here and she's been helping uh, decorate the house. So now yeah. it looks like, you know. It looks homier in here. Yeah, it looks like someone actually lives here yeah. as opposed to what I was. But I bought these the other day because I just love pencils and pens. And these are eight tree-friendly pencils. So they're made uh, um, out of, uh, you know, I don't know why they're tree-friendly. No, actually. see, that's what my question was. Seems, How do you make a tree-friendly okay, pencil? Let's, that seems let's impossible. Find out. I haven't. I've not actually read about it. The thing that I is loved it about fake? them is it fake, not wood. The thing that I loved about them is that this is their sharpener just there on the bottom. This like strip there, so you can just sharpen your little pencils there on the. It's always the idea of matches, but applied to a pencil. Okay, so save the trees! Exclamation mark. We need them! Exclamation mark. Every time you stop in- yelling at me, pencil package. Yeah, pencil package. <laughs> I mean, you're coming on a bit too that strong right out the gate. I just started reading you, and you're the screaming at me. Right for smash. Save the trees. Smash it magazine. It's a really uh, angry man started a pencil company. Uh, every time you remove a tree-friendly pencil from the pack, you will be reminded of the deforestation that occurs for the things we take for granted. Wow. Oh. That's okay. a strong pack of pencils. Wow. But I still want to know, how do you make a pencil without a tree? The, so, the, the angry oh, man didn't go into that. I see what happens. See, when you take... So the pencils look like trees, right? Mm-hmm. And they're in this little package. And so you've got the kind of forest in the background. So when you remove one of the pencils, you see the deforestation underneath. And you get the impression, oh, that's what's happening to so our So you're reminded planet. of deforestation yeah. while participating in deforestation. Is that I mean, the you idea? Just, you're just reminded of the consequences of the <laughs> actions you're performing. I think that's fine. That's good. It's good for us to but be. But it's still a pencil made out of wood. It's still a pencil made out of wood. It's a very passive aggressive pencil. Yeah, pencil. and the guy was really aggressive. <laughs> the guy's really aggressive about trees, and then he made a pencil out of trees. And then he said, hey, deforestation happens. Uh, well, but it is. A, these are pencils, so trees were involved. He's just one of those guys who has really conflicting emotions hey! about trees. <laughs> like sometimes he's like, "I really love trees," and then he's like, "Fuck you, trees." Yeah, it's almost how I feel about zoos. I love going right. to a zoo. Love going to a zoo. I like seeing animals. That is the equipment. That's a zoo of a deforestation message because you go to zoos and they're like, "Hey, love the animals. We're doing good stuff for the animals." But a part of my brain is always animals. like. But they're still in a glass a case. I absolutely understand what you mean. Uh, we were in Hawaii and we wanted to swim with dolphins, but we yeah. didn't want to, like, 
you know, we yeah, we saw the Sea World movie. We under, you know, we yeah. we don't want to be, be be doing anything that like. There's part of it's like, well, should you even be swimming with dolphins? Like, as a human being, is that something? Or should that's... you even be going to aquariums? Like, right. I love aquariums, and I love. I'll do a lot of uh, just in the wild whale watching now. That's how you get around that. So we did a lot of research and tried to find a place that like all the dolphins had been raised in captivity, so that was their only life, and they were they'd lived like long lives, and we went and swam with them, and because we love animals, yeah. Um, you know, it inspires us to love animals more. But I've got to be honest with you. I didn't mind that we had conflicting emotions about it. I, I don't mind having an experience like that and going, okay, I, I'm going to enjoy this for this. And like, I'll, you know, and I'll challenge myself on this other aspect of it. I don't think there's actually any problem with that. I think where we get in trouble in the world is where we think things have to be all one or the other. And then right. so you just ignore the moral conflicts that come with the thing that you say, so this is what these pencils are. They tell you, yes. You like pencils. It's a reminder while participating. But remember that your love of pen- pencils has meant that the, the forests aren't going to be there. So have a think about that. I mean, has a box of pencils ever made you think as much as this box of pencils has? No, but no. I want to know a lot more. Sorry. Is there more? Is there any more information on the back like of it? I there was. Let's just see show. if there's more. Well, it's in Spanish. The rest of the information oh. is in Spanish. <laughs> but here we go anyway. Suaves, los abrisi, jos... And Avon's, bas- this is my Spanish, Jacques, Jacques- well, it's French, first of all. <laughs> I, have go- I have to go down to Spanish. Salvamos los arabolas. She's still yelling. That's Save the Trees in Spanish. Salvamos los arabolas. Los necesitamos. We need them. That's my I Spanish. think that that creaking is my front door. That That's opening and closing? I'm scared because in the previous episode with Sam, we were talking about ghosts and how there's dead people just in the air everywhere. Is that a ghost? It was the front door open. Just opening and closing? Did Sam forget to close it? Well, one of us did. Or is know. it a ghost? Sam or I. Uh, do you ever watch ghost stories? Like, uh, I, Amy likes the celebrity ghost stories or the paranormal ghost stories, those no, sort of I, things. I, I do watch a lot of ghost-related, like, horror movies, but that's... T- or, like, are you, you're talking, like, real-life paranormal hunters. Right. Where their equipment is just, like, car parts. <laughs> they're, they're, my favorite thing about them is the the reenactors, the people who are the reenactors oh, yeah. for the scenes, because they like the people are kind of like ordinary looking people, and then they get these like beautiful young Hollywood actors like to play them. So everyone gets like a much better version of themselves. <laughs> yeah. It's actually quite nice. I like those with uh, I. I, I uh, a show that they do that with is the, uh, like, My Life Was Almost Over shows. Have you watched any of those? Oh, no. That's like this, a reenactment of, like, uh, scuba divers that got stranded and they were just, like, in the middle of the ocean and people had to, like, save their life. And they'll do, and they'll interview the real people that were just, like, uh, kind of schlubby looking and then it would cut to these like beautiful reenactors <laughs> bouncing in the middle of the ocean and it's so much more dramatic like the right. real story is like, like yeah we were in the ocean for half a day and then we got picked up and then the producer's like okay well, that ain't gonna no, work no. day 17 day 17 <laughs> can we say day 17 and I love that they're like and you know, I actually used to look like that but the, I got the bends this is yeah. the result of the bends <laughs> I used to actually look like my reenactor. Do you think they do that? Like, I used to actually look like my reenactor. <laughs> reenactor envy? I would actually replace all my childhood photos with photos of my reenactor. <laughs> That's what, that would be my past now. I want a reenactor with a full... I would put in, like, an email request if I ever had a situation like that. Choose your own reenactor? Choose your own reenactor. Yeah. 
Uh, would you I would like to have reenact for you. Do you just have like a real like oh, full me, head of hair. I'm, I'm talking two, like criteria. Yeah, give me two options. So, firstly, you make the the, the made for TV special, which is the the version that where they just get some young actor and you can cast them, right? But then, yeah. give me the version also when it gets made into a major Hollywood picture. Who plays you in this thing? Okay, so, so the reenactor would just be like a young gun with like a full head of hair, right. and then I'd get like, oh man, in the film. Which which this situation hasn't even happened yet. Like I haven't had like a like a life situation where I was like, that's a movie, right? So even though I'm because I'm bald now, even though this is happening what, as a bald man to future me, I'm gonna cast for the reenactment, yeah. full head of hair, yeah, young like like your hairdo, yeah. And again, it'll be that sort of thing where you're just like, just that's how that's when the hair went. Like the hair went because of the trauma of the accident. But then I would still do like a Jason Statham for the movie because I'd still want to up it. We'll go back to like cool yeah. bald for the movie because then I'll just by then maybe want to embrace it. How about uh, Statham in a wig early on and then <laughs> that's what we'll then do. Go, like, yeah. I feel like I just actually watched him in the movie where I was like, okay, this wig isn't doing so great. Or I saw a bald actor with clearly a wig on in something. Have you ever seen that where you're just like, come on, wig company? Or like, I, I see that a lot in American television or like straight to Netflix shows where like the tattoos don't look like real tattoos. They look like really like printed on tattoos or like the wigs are bad. On this and ghost stories like, thing the other night, the, the ghost had left some like marks on her leg, which were meant to be scratches. And then they did like a close up mm-hmm. and it's clear they have no budget for these shows. Come on. Don't do a close up. Don't do because <laughs> it looks like a ghost. Don't drew do on special effects don't. if you can't afford special effects. Just don't ignore it. Yeah, or a bald guy can just be a bald guy. He doesn't have to be a guy with a full head of hair. Right. <laughs> but I would make in a reenactment. I would make them struggle with that. Like, no, you get like a full head of hair guy. Which um, tell me this: uh, what, what do you think this scenario will be? If you could like you know, look forward into the future, what sort of do you think like scenario might you possibly, with your current lifestyle, get involved in that would end up in one of these sort of stories? Like an oven incident, an maybe. Oven like- incident. <laughs> Okay. I do like that's all I do. I like stay at home, I hang out and I try recipes. So if if anything dastardly would happen, it'd be like an oven explosion. The, no, not it's not an explosion. Or like an it's accidental a man who gets stuck in his own oven. <laughs> for You're days. the guy who gets stuck in his own oven for yeah. days and you survive on the food you were preparing. Yeah. So the like weekend my wife leaves for like right. an event out of town. And through a series of mis- unfortunate events. And you it's fall. still a weekend, but in the reenactment we'll still like Day 14, <laughs> kitchen, interior, Jason Statham locked in an oven in a figure four leg lock by an oven. You could do this, right? So the guy, you set that up early, that the guy like does martial arts. Yeah. You may even see him doing some sort of Tai Chi where he like yeah. curls up his but body. But then it cuts to really me Yoga going, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then it cuts to really me being like, well, I've never made a quiche before, so right. I didn't know. <laughs> You had to preset the oven. I didn't know you had to preset the oven. And so I was presetting the oven because, you know, I don't use the oven a lot. I've, again, never made a key. Is there anything, is your floor slippery? Is your, would your oven it fit? It can get yeah. slippery. And uh, so, okay, good. good. I think that's just a general statement about floors. You can say that about any floor. This floor, heads up, this floor yeah. can get slippery. Yeah, but it's got a rug on it as if well. If I do something to make this floor slippery. Right, but... It'd take a lot to make the rug slippery. I guess you're not going to have a rug in your kitchen. I don't know what kitchen know I'm imagining. Of, I don't, know, I don't know how I imagine you live, but you may live some. And this is kitchen. the kitchen, fully carpeted, <laughs> like you asked for in the specs. You, for some reason, send in fully carpeted kitchen. Ah, uh, carpeted kitchen. Carpeted oh, okay. Kitchen. Well, I'm going right. to check that place out. It's a new concept. <laughs> 
flammable plastic. Andy Peterson's doing well. You know, he's got a carpeted kitchen. (laughs) Whole thing, carpeted. Just, that's what I want. It's still my apartment, but one luxurious room. Right. But that's just nonsensical. Once I start making money, like, I'm going to do that. Just like, have you been in the uh, bouncy room? I turn the right. I turn the guest room into a a moon like a moon. Has Andy Peters ever uh, cooked for you? Because you know he replaces the carpet in his kitchen every second week. (laughs) Different, different floor style. Notice how I'm not slipping while I go get your drinks. Carpeted kitchen. Uh, so, okay, so it's it's a floor that could become slippery. Do you do anything that could make it slippery? Like, what what would be the most likely scenario? Uh, for me, for example, this kitchen floor that which would get very. I have an ice making machine in mm-hmm. the fridge. Sometimes oh. the ice comes out too much, and it'll fall. That'd be the. I'm making myself a beverage of some kind to cook with. I, you know, I. I but you do ice- that really dramatic, like the when you'd click on the ice cubes in the ice machine, it'd be shotgun noises. We'll right. replace it with like <laughs> when you get ice in the reenactment. Right. And slow motion. One ice cube. Slow and mo- shot from the ice's perspective. <laughs> yeah, fish eye from the bottom of the glass. Fish eye from the bottom of the glass. Just that's, cut it all together. That's in the Jason Statham version. Right, yeah, in the movie. His that's point right. of view and then fish eye yeah. through the bottom of the glass. Right. <laughs> yeah, and the point of view of the ice. We get three three different versions. And then and then another shotgun noise when you do the close-up. Right. <laughs> the close-up to the fish eye is an additional shock. <laughs> But then you also see the bit of ice that falls yeah. to the ground. The- Me, my situation would be like I, I nudge my dog's uh, water bowl a, a lot. Perfect. Throughout my perfect. day. And by I'm the way, nudging. a dog is very good for this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So what sort of dog do you have? It's a little terrier mix, right. so it's like a so medium what, size. What dog is that going to be in the reenactment and what dog is that going to be? It'll be like a St. Bernard, like yep. a really badass wolf dog. <laughs> It'll be like a, a dire wolf in the... Jason Statham movie that never leaves his side <laughs> and, then cut, and then cut to me in real life trying to wrangle just like <laughs> a dog in my lab That's like, anyway back to <laughs> trying not to show what my really dog looks like down but sit sit lay on the ground lay down lay down lay down don't go into the shot okay well I have a terrier <laughs> that's like <laughs> That's that whole. The, the terrier's out of the back segment, and then I you cut back. To, they come back to you, and you just trying to get your just dog down. To, and then my wolf came into the kitchen, and then just trying to keep a terrier down. And then so they would have to change it for the reenactment. Like later in the reenactment, it would be changed to just like a, ter- <laughs> a tiny terrier. I'm like, no, it, it was a wolf. Uh, so yeah, that's beautiful. So you've got the dog. Yeah, the dog's there, and this is another tale of survival. How the dog has, you know got through this period of time. All you had was you and your dog while you've been locked in this oven. So you And slip- again, well, his water, I mean, he's surviving yeah. too because I knocked his water out of his water bowl. Right. So he's thirsty. Right. So, we tell, so he also gets his own spin-off show where he tells his side of the story. <laughs> also gets Jason Satham to play him in the movie. A dog version of Renek. Right. And then it's just a beautiful, like, Norwegian elk hound husky <laughs> dog. In the film, and but he's but my tiny terrier is being interviewed. Uh, okay, so you get locked in the oven for a, yeah, a period of time, and then yeah, you become like a celebrity. That's your your oven guy from then on. That's your like fame. Say that I'm happened. the next like the next balloon boy. Right. So uh, yeah, so I hit the news. You know me now as just me, Andy right. Peters, comedian. Next time I'm, the, I'm on the podcast, how do you handle the fact that I'm now Andy Peters, the oven man? Well, I'd be well. Firstly, I'd be like Andy. <laughs> 
Because now I'm like a celebrity caliber. This has all been like, we like ramble. We're buddies who right. ramble. Now you got... You're coming back as a different guy. I'm a whole different man. Right. You're oven man. I'm oven man. Yeah. You're a national celebrity. I have an oven incident. I'm on the cover of every tabloid. Right. They do that thing in the movie where they show like Jimmy Fallon making jokes about it. They'd show yeah. like, you know, they always do newspaper, the montage. Newspapers, of, like, newspapers pile up in a newspaper pile up graphic. Right. <laughs> oven man. Well, they'll cut to this scene where you're laughing like that, like you're doing right now. <laughs> and I'll be like, that's, that's right, Will. I was in an oven. <laughs> and we'll do that. You'll be part of the celebrity montage of when I become famous. I'll play myself. <laughs> yeah, you'll just play yeah. yourself. In both versions. <laughs> so, I mean, you got an upcoming credit. Yeah, so. no, this is fantastic for me. <laughs> this is working out good for you, too. I, I get my own spinoff. I mean, to be honest, it was a huge boon in my career when Andy got locked in the oven. <laughs> <laughs> Oven, bo- oven Man, the musical? I mean, and the merchandising opportunities. Oven it's Man, endless. Oven Mitts. You know <laughs> oven I mean? Man, Ovens? You get your own cooking show for Well, a there would be laws passed to make ovens more safe. The so oven I would be like, law. I'd the be ahead of like, I'd be like, that'd be the future once the celebrity right. wears off. You got to figure out what you're going to do. I'd probably be right. like the spokesman for Big Oven. Oh, uh, you'd. I'd be like. Ah, uh, you'd flip. You'd get paid off by Big Oven. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Big Oven would come at me. Right. Be like, you got to cut out. You're making us look bad. Dude, yeah. Kenmore is like, like Kenmore would probably come at me. You'd probably General get a, Like, there'd probably be an offer for a big payout even earlier when they found out about it. Like, the oven company. And that's come the back. controversy is when I have to come back and be like, you know what, guys? I wasn't actually in the, uh, I wasn't actually stuck in the oven. Uh, I, I just, look, yeah, that's right. It turns out it was my fault completely. If turns I just... out I was never in that oven. <laughs> 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 turns out I never did any of that. Uh, buy an oven. <laughs> general, a general oven table. You start hearing radio ads just by like the oven council. Uh, tell me this, because uh, yeah. this gets us on to an interesting thing. Did you see the story um, this week that Jared, the spokesperson yes. of the brand, uh, and who, who knows what you know, what this is about, but they've investigated his house for like child pornography, essentially. Yeah. Well, one guy, wasn't there like... A, a, and then they didn't they say like he ran in college like a porno rental service yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> what totally. is that what's the process how do you find out who's running your local porn now you just turn on the internet well these days yeah sure yeah. but i mean he was just like i mean that's just an artisanal you know porn hub that's basically what that <laughs> what jared's what, what he's put together <laughs> That's what's going to be the future of shopping is like shops are going to be like artisanal versions of websites where like anything. Cause I often wonder like, oh, there's a, there's still a, you'll pass like a vacuum store and be right. like, there's still vacuum stores. Right. Like I, when, if I want a vacuum, I go on Amazon with one of my Amazon birthday gift cards that I haven't used yet and I buy a vacuum like an adult. I'm, I'm not going to the neighborhood just vacuum store. It was interesting. Amy was asking me the other day about, uh, um, Betting, like you know, uh, yeah. like and, Amazon, and I was just like, oh yeah, I just went on the internet. Yeah, it's like I don't even know where the shop would be. But yeah, there's betting shops yeah. and betting stores. So in the future, now that'll be the artisanal way of doing it. Like it'll be like a website. It'll yep. just be like a store. Shops are yeah, but just a real life versions of, of websites. Hello, <laughs> we'll, we'll stop for a sec. Where do you think that um, things will go bad for Oven Man? Because they will. <laughs> That's <laughs> exactly what we were talking the about. Fall oh, of yeah, o- oven man. The fall of oven man, like, is what I want to talk about. You know, that's the, what I'm saying is when he yeah. when he teams. Yeah, but there's going to like, be also a scandal. There's always a scandal. The, Jared likes scandal. There's going to be a skeleton in an oven man's closet that will come out. 
What's the skeleton in your closet? <sighs> Probably tweets that I've tweeted. Oh, yeah. Okay. I feel like so that's you're going to get now. the Trevor Noah thing. You're going to Trevor... get the Amy Schumer thing. But once you get that happens, like once you get famous, you get that treatment. Now we can like rake through people's past of but past in the sense of like ideas they had in the past or just like even half-baked things that maybe they shouldn't have tweeted that'll be like the downfall of every future celebrity don't you think it's interesting to me and i guess this is something that you know everyone's gonna have to deal with these days so it'll it'll be like it'll be like a tweet that i was like man i hope tomorrow i don't get stuck in an oven and then people be like oh you knew about the oven incident a day before the oven incident the whole thing's fake he tweeted about it a day before and then there'll be a lot of birthers who don't believe your story (laughs) and there'll be a lot of other people who think that you've actually got psychic powers or something like that uh i think that that tweeting thing is interesting it's an interesting concept because i I think that firstly we – and it's the same with politicians and all those sort of things. This person said this, you know, in 20 years ago. Yeah. Okay, it gives us a little indication to what they might believe. But I think the more important thing is what do they believe now? Because many people, you know, go on journeys with those things and that's part of the working it out process. And yeah. I think sometimes that we shouldn't erase that from our history. Like – because there's part of me that like when that Trevor Noah shit went down was like, should I go through my tweets and just like make sure there's nothing there that would come back to haunt me that like – But that's just an evolution of like your humor. Like he just became a better comedian and they raked up like – old maybe like half-baked trying to be edgy race-related jokes or like women i think it was his was like women related like very sec- he came right. off very sexist yeah but they were like tweets from when he was like a 17 year old comedian right. like he's a really young comedian and he so he's just now getting like he's entering adulthood and now he's a young adult comedian and but they're making it seem like that's what he thinks now like oh yeah man. i think people will be afraid to say things if you are haunted by the idea that the things you say may live yeah. with you forever we'll get scared to be stuck in ovens and be but the next at oven. the same time i also think that it's fine to be called on shit so that we learn to evolve and be better at what we do i don't think yeah. free speech comes without responsibilities but I just think it's an ongoing discussion and a debate that we push forward and push back and, you know, we kind of work yeah. out how to go forward. I'm just worried that mine were just going to make me look really dumb. <laughs> like they're going to – I'll just – I don't check my old tweets or right. like I fire them off like real rapid fire. Like mine are very half-baked. Not a lot are good. I'll get a sprinkle of favorites. And then maybe I'll erase some there like what, what yeah. was that? Like, I really like the other man who <laughs> his tweets. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, oh my god, other man's Well, I'll tell you what, he was fully baked, but his tweets are half baked. Am I right, guys? High fives, <laughs> friends he has that all hate other men. Uh, it's that kind like, of, it is that kind of You guys that, are right, other <laughs> man is a dick. I was stupid to have followed him for so long. And then burns his and oven man tw- merchandise. <laughs> Ironically, sells his oven, oven man oven. <laughs> sells it, sell, only uses a microwave to cook for the rest of his yeah. life. People are giving away their oven man ovens yeah. on eBay, on, yeah. <laughs> on Craigslist. <laughs> yeah, but that no, as a comedian, that is my only fear of like, like I'll I'll evo- like I'll just keep trying and be like a you know, have like a lot of things like, you know, like specials just came out and stuff like that where, you know, you're starting to mount this like professional career. But when I was like a not professional comedian, I don't just, I, I'm worried about like my bad jokes coming to light and having to be like, no, no, no. I was just like a shitty comedian when yeah. I was 19. I just wasn't very good. <laughs> I just didn't know how to write a joke. I just wanted to be funny. I thought that would be funny. I, was... I recognized that I was terrible. <laughs> yeah. 
I know better than you. I was experimenting with structure uh, and I didn't quite understand what punchlines were. I'm a professional in the comedy industry. <laughs> I have levels of insight I can bring to how terrible I am that you haven't even discovered yet. Yeah, like, so let's not even you, talk about You just it. have an instinctive reaction to me being terrible. I can actually point out on a technical basis. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and I have inside knowledge too. That's not even really my joke. <laughs> I mean, it's my joke, but it's structurally, it's a complete is, rewrite of a yeah. guy that I liked. This will be the first episode of my TV show. If I get like a TV show, it'll just have, I'll just assume you're going to like rake me over the coals for my tweets. So I'll pre-tape a whole episode where I'm like, listen, what? by now my tweets have come to life. <laughs> and I know that 80% of them are about the film Ghostbusters. I like Ghostbusters. <laughs> <laughs> and then the rest are about... Getting lost in grocery stores. The new Ghostbusters films are coming out. This is a perfect opportunity for other men. Like if it hits at the right time, that could be a perfect, oh. like one of those celebrity kind of funny in jokes. Like they have to go well. deal with an other man like situation. Yeah. No, I'm just thinking cameo by other man. Like at some oh. stage you are in, like a ghost puts you back in the oven or something. The ghost of oven man. <laughs> And it like takes off, and then there's like an Oven Man animated series, and I go on a, a Oven Man book tour. I need something like this, Will. I think the to oven, have. I I've mean, been. Uh, that's what I'm waiting in town. I'm waiting in LA for something Oven Man caliber to happen to me, and and then I'll be famous, and that's it. That's right. what you do, right? And then what are you going to do with the fame, though? That's the thing. Like, what do you actually, like, what do you spend the money on? What's other man? Do you have a message? Is there, like, or is it just about, you know, just raking in the dollars while you can? Like, is there certain shows that you won't do? Like, will you have standards? Like, will other man be like, I'm not, I don't want to be treated as a joke. I only want to talk seriously. Like, what's, What's yeah. other man's perspective? Maybe I'll take like a immediate like, fame. The first couple of years would be like real. The serious. phone's ringing off the hook. This yeah. is like the other man things happened. You're all over the newspapers. You become a national celebrity. You like literally your agent can't stop taking calls. Right. Well, first, we'll probably do just a just oven cooking show, just right. called just ovens. Just ovens. <laughs> Where you get only it, ovens, only ovens, yeah. and you get an impossible time limit to make something in an oven. Like you have to make a souffle oh, in right. seven minutes, okay. and the contestants are just like, "That's not any. You can't do that. I can't make a batter for the souffle in seven minutes." I'm just like, "Figure it out. Just ovens." And then <laughs> I do a real, <laughs> real dramatic close up while they're still like, "I can't. You can't make a souffle in seven minutes. I got preheating the oven's going to take ni- nineteen minutes." <laughs> <laughs> And then, but that's just on camera, and I'm just like, just ovens, make it. <laughs> and I get really, and then just screaming because you've actually got post traumatic the whole stress, episode, yeah, and nobody really knows it. So, oh, they, I'll become one of those like anger based celebrities, right. yeah, like a Gordon yeah, like Ramsay. Gordon Ramsay. This is perfect. The angry oven man, like the oven incident, yeah. snapped me, and then they just uh, put me in front of camera. Right, people find it compelling. Yeah, and then I just lose it about ovens for a good like five years on different oven-based shows. Right, it was like an interview, a late-night interview show, just getting down to the bottom of the oven industry, where it's very professional oven. Like I'm the uh, president of Kenmore Distribution for North America, and I'm just like, make your oven, do better with your ovens. <laughs> And the whole show is just breaking them over the coals. <laughs> My foot got stuck in your oven. And then I like that. I enjoy and the whole audience, oven guy. It's and the like, whole audience are other people that got like burned by ovens yeah. or like right. b- bounced their knee off an oven. You ever done that? Right. Approach an oven too fast and just bounce your knee off yeah. the front of an oven. That's an injury. I mean, I think there's a. I think you probably once you pick off that scab, you'll be amazed at the support you have. Yeah. There'll be a there'll be a silent majority out there who really have a dysfunctional relationship with yeah. their oven at best. And that's why you will capture their hearts. And then, and then 
I'll start doing stand-up comedy again. <laughs> But as oven men, okay. So here's the question. This no, is but actually, they'll just be like the, the yeah. They'll just pick. Oh, no. oven man's doing stand up now because I feel like that's like. And you were like, I did stand up before <laughs> I was oven man. I was a stand up. This joke. I wrote this joke in two thousand and four. Remember those tweets you were raking me over the coals about? They were from they my stand up. You tweet. knew that. You wrote a book. And journalism well, just like, Oh, I thought you were just a regular guy who wasn't very funny. You were a stand-up who wasn't very funny? Oh, that's even worse. And then I have another controversy. Like, no, I was never a not funny. I was never a stand-up who wasn't that funny. Uh, no, I want to know, because here's a, an example I'll talk to you about. Uh, on Wednesday night, I was doing the Meltdown show there yeah. at the Nerd Melt Theatre. And uh, Tom Wilson... Uh, who played uh, Biff in Back to the Future. Oh, yeah. He Tom does Wilson, uh, guitar Tom, comedy. Yeah. Tom Wilson. Yeah. Tom Wilson. And uh, as someone who grew up watching that movie, you know, it's the 30th anniversary of them making uh, Back to the Future, and he was there. I sing- saw it at the Hollywood Bowl with a live orchestra oh, right. playing the score. I was there. I saw, And the okay. DeLorean was there. Then you could take pictures of the DeLorean. I was there, baby. So I took a picture with uh, Biff. Backstage, I wouldn't ordinarily take a picture, yeah. but I'm going to take that picture. And if I ever start fading from that picture, I'll know that something's going <laughs> wrong in the timeline. But no, I just loved it. But the thing was, I thought about his act and he did a song about Back to the Future. And I was like, yeah. I wonder if once you become other man, will you always have to do other man related material? Or will there be a point where you can leave the other man shit behind and you can move on to like, you know, just talking about the stuff you were talking about before other man? I used to Is open... it so big that it destroys everything else you want to talk about? Right. And that's... I used to open, this reminds me, I used to open for Jimmy J.J. Walker, who was, was known as the dynamite guy. Yeah. And his headshot, like his promotional stuff, he's holding sticks of dynamite. Right. And he's Jimmy Dynamite J.J. Walker. You know him as the right. dynamite guy. But when, you do, when he does his stand-up, like, at, like while he's on stage and afterwards, he will not say dynamite or do any of the dynamite stuff. Oh. Strong, hard, and rule. People will come at, after the show. I've seen people be like, uh, dynamite, say it. Like actually trying to get him to say dynamite the way he'd say dynamite. No, he wouldn't do it. Oh, so so you um, could be like Andy Oven Peters, so people but are like, not bring it up. Hey, Andy, I brought an oven. Get put your foot in this oven. I'd be like, no, I don't do that anymore. I don't know. I know. <laughs> I used to be Oven Man. I'm now a. Serious. But still on the poster. Come on, put your foot in this oven. No, I'm not going to. And all my fans bring whole ovens to my stand-up shows, and I'm just like, God, will people quit bringing ovens to my stand-up shows? I'm not Oven Man anymore. Right, and you're really angry about it, despite the fact that when you did your big Oven Man HBO yeah. special, you literally walked out of it an oven. You yeah, had them, like, and my headshot is me <laughs> as an oven, and I'm just like, I'm not going to talk. Tell the oven story. <laughs> I nudged my dog's water bowl, and the whole crowd, yeah, here it comes. I nudged my dog's water bowl and I slipped on the water. <laughs> then what happened, Andy? <laughs> I got stuck in an oven. Yeah! Get in this oven! Do I'm- day 40! <laughs> Do day 40! Day 40, I'm still in this oven. <laughs> yeah! All I can hope for at this point in my career is that I have an oven man career. But that, yeah, but then you, had, then you reach that level of that type of career where you're like, do I not? Because I found that really interesting. There's a lot of guys that are in that caliber, like right. Jimmy J.J. Walker, can't, won't do dynamite, can't do it, won't do it, just wants to do stand-up and won't say right. any of those things. What other example? Yeah, Biff, I mean, he must get it all the time. Like, he must get asked to say, hello, McFly, all the time. All the time. Make like a tree and go away. Yeah, make, make like a tree and get out of here. Right, that's what, that's what people want. Or, yeah, hello, McFly, is anyone in there? McFly. He must get that all, people wanting to probably get, oh. like, knocked on the head by him. 
All That's probably time. how he became a guitar comic, <laughs> just to get something in his hand so he wasn't asked to give people <laughs> noogies all the time. <laughs> people must have been always trying to get noogies for that poor man. Come on, give me the McFly noogie. No, I, I got a guitar. I'm tuning my guitar. Right. I'm in Alice. I wrote Hands a song. Are full. Hands yeah. are full. Sorry? Sorry? But he covers it. He covered his bass well by becoming a guitar comic. He handles all of that with yeah. the song. Yeah, exactly. He does He does the one song. We get it out of the way. I close with it. I'm going to say up top, if you guys are good, I'll do the Back to the Future song. Boom. Now they're in anticipation. Right. I think Jimmy J.J. Walker should take that approach. If you guys are good... At, at yeah, an hour you know, and a half, I'm yeah. going to say the word dynamite. Yeah. Well, you, you can't even say it then because that's you, you, the D word. The D word. You know, that's what you have to say. Okay. Or he should just fake him out a lot. Yeah. Like take rest where he goes like in for like a water break and like, you know what? You know, this water, or just like make like puns and like, guys, uh, you, uh, you know, you're not, um, you're not supposed to keep uh, propane tanks <laughs> in direct sunlight because you know what will happen. It'll be a lot like death. <clears throat> and then just not do it. Or maybe like even like going, do you know what I really like? It's like dinosaurs. <laughs> dinosaurs. Dinosaurs. And then do a 20 minute chunk of <laughs> where you just list dinosaurs. Yeah. Velociraptor, and, stegosaurus. Um, <laughs> dinosaur. Then <laughs> just 20 minute chunk on dinosaur. My uh, <laughs> favorite 70s TV show. You might remember this. Again, Dynasty. You guys remember <laughs> Dynasty? Dynasty. What is going on? There's a ghost coming in here, and you just keep letting it come in, and you shut the door behind it. It's happened twice. I'm freaking out. How is that happening? Should you, we contact your landlord? <laughs> you have a door that just keeps opening. Uh, here's what happens. Uh, <laughs> it's quite a heavy door, and we also have the balcony door open, oh. so sometimes the airflow Crosswind. through the house means that the door doesn't quite shut properly. So that's all it is. It's happened well, before. I mean, that's all I can hope for, Will, is to have some sort of oven something. So tell me this. What, <laughs> would you, what would you want to say? You suddenly have this opportunity to speak to people. You know, you have... Once I'm past the point of, like, oven safety. Yeah, yeah. Once you've, like, Once done the really mandatory, like, like, what do you really want to say? Like, non-oven related, I think. This is like when you start, like Matt Damon talks about his bottled water or George Clooney talks about his satellite that stops, you know, warlords or, you know, some, everybody has like a I know a about thing. the water thing. I know about the Matt Damon water thing. I didn't know. George Clooney, did he build a satellite? Did he put a satellite into space? George I think I feel like I've read something about this. I worked with George Clooney once. I was a PA yeah, on what? a commercial, and he asked me uh, what I was listening to. I was sitting and listening to headphones at lunch, and he asked me what I was listening to, and I said the Black Keys. That was a conversation I had with George Clooney. Conversations real with life. George Clooney. <laughs> That's that, real they'll, life. they'll wedge that into the movie somewhere, just so George Clooney can make a, a cameo. A real life conversation I had with George Clooney. Okay, George Clooney. Uh, what was I going to say about George Clooney? George Clooney's satellite? He shot a satellite into space to, satellite. you said, destroy terrorism. Is that what you okay, said? Okay, George Clooney, Clooney. Yeah, okay, here we go. Let's have a look at this. Um, okay. Uh, on a trip to southern Sudan in October 2010, George Clooney uh, had an idea. What if we could watch the warlords, monitor them just like the paparazzi spy, spies on Clooney? See, it's going back. He like lost his mind with paparazzi stuff, and now he's getting to like this level mm -hmm. of like. Oh he's like, God. hey, I hated paparazzi. You know, paparazzi. And you know who I also hate? Warlords. warlords. <laughs> so what if we pap the warlords? Okay. I see you're thinking. Uh, 
This is George Clooney quoting now. Uh, why can't I be a guy with a 400-mile lens, a tourist taking pictures and sticking them on the internet? When they returned from the trip, Clooney and Prendergast, who was a guy I ignored earlier, set to turning this revolutionary idea into a reality. They secured partnerships and made a plan. That's very vague language. <laughs> <laughs> they had one conversation they while stoned. did stuff. Within a year... <laughs> They did all the stuff that needed doing. Within a year after the December 2010 launch date... Is this true? Yeah. The Satellite Sentinel Project... Satellite Sentinel Project had already documented violent attacks, large-scale displacement, and mass graves in Sudan. A year and a half later... uh, Yeah, okay, blah, blah, blah. But anyway, so he's got this... uh, So George Clooney's becoming like a real-life Iron Man. Yeah. He's like launching satellites and shit. Right. That's next level. Like he's spy on warlords. He has enough money to be like a Batman esque vigilante, but with like technology, like an Iron Man. Right. I think that when he was Batman, he got inspired. Yeah. And he was ever like, you know what? If I ever get into a position where I actually could be like Batman, I'm gonna. Do and then it. he realized, like, I have more money than Bruce Wayne. I can do this. <laughs> I have more money than Tony Stark. I right. could be like, I could launch satellite. This I, was like a test into a larger plan that I don't think George Clooney is talking about yet. But I bet if you go into a room of George Clooney's uh, piazza in Italy, mm. there's a whole, like, it's like connected strings on maps <laughs> and like plans to like launch rockets. And you just see blueprints of like planet Clooney. And he's like, don't look at that blueprint. <laughs> when you enter the room, don't like you're planning on What's building this? a planet. No, 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 no. And he just tears it off the wall. Don't look at this. And he has like all those types of plans. Like, wait a minute, there's going to be a George Clooney themed amusement park on yeah, planet I... Clooney. No, no, <laughs> get out of this room. <laughs> so every room you turn into is like, there's going to be a space station where they just show George Clooney movies to That's... NASA astronauts. No, not. <laughs> <laughs> But that's like he could. Th- this is a test to see if he should go that crazy. I mean, I think that I would. I would, I would get on board. I think a lot of people would I'm get on board. At least he's got a plan. Well, we're friends. He who else me. has got a plan? Uh, it doesn't. Seem who like- else could? Who else could be? Yeah, George Clooney. I mean, George really- Clooney could convince us to do it if he like had been working on like you know an Earth two like a because that's what we're going to need. <laughs> Earth two or, or like a real life uh, star destroyer. Like in Star Wars, like the planet that can destroy, yeah. uh, destroy a planet. What I'm is maybe, it called? The Death Star. Yeah, a real life Death Star. A Death Star, but like, but not a Death Star. He's rebranded it. A positive Death yeah, Star. Yeah, like a George, a George Star, uh, the Clune, George the Clune Star. Star. The Clune, they the call Clune. it the Clune Star. The Clune Star. Clune Star. The fun ship, and they the fun ship. <laughs> he just spreads positivity, right, around the galaxy. Yeah, exactly. He's going to be the first person that another race sees. He's got that kind of money. Like, he's going to build a ship, start a whole plan, and go the furthest into the galaxy that anyone's ever gone. And he's going to do an interview with, like, yeah, I've met another race of people. There's like an Earth 7, and they're great. Here's a question I actually like to <laughs> I've been pl- there nine I ponder times. quite a lot of the time. Yeah. Uh, and I've talked about it before, but I'm going to expand it out. I've always said that if uh, aliens landed in Australia and we had to send two people to meet the aliens, the two people I would send would be Hugh Jackman and Kate Blanchett. Like they're the perfect human beings. If they were like, if, of all the people in the world, they're, no, well, they're I, picking two Australians. In my head, team Australia. In my head, they've got to get two Australians together because like the aliens have landed in Australia. Well, maybe but the pro- 
The but program he, could be like two of every country. But here's what I'm about to say okay. is like, yeah, it lands anywhere. Like let's say America, for example. Yeah. And you need to send two people to first meet the aliens and converse with the aliens. They've asked, send us two people, a male and a female, yeah. and uh, we want to speak to them about like life on Earth and, you know, yeah. who, who do you send? George Clooney and Barack Obama. Right. <laughs> Right? What about a woman? Our president and our handsomest actor. Right, but you got to send a woman. Oh, you got to send a woman. Okay. Oh, man. But you only get two of, like, two. So George, Cl- I mean, sorry, President Obama, but we'll still send George. Yeah, right. You're saying, well, why Kate? Why did Kate Blanchett make the cut? Well, Kate Blanchett is a brilliant actress. actress, but she's also, um, uh, I think, the most eloquent speaker in Australia. Like, her views on politics and, you know, the arts and stuff are spoken with such intelligence. She's a family woman. She uh, just, I think yeah. her, she's very down to earth, but she's lived this kind of really exotic lifestyle and traveled the world and has all these different influences. Uh, she's ex- incredibly beautiful to look at. I think she would be, you'd, you'd see her as the best of people. And I think she would, you know, stick up for humans in that like engagement, but she would also like be able to like see the side of the aliens and have a proper <laughs> negotiation. You put a lot of thought into that. I have, yeah. Like really have a sit down and talk. Right. And you, so, so I can't just throw out an actress. I'm really cheap trying to think of an American that could hold their own. So it's aliens and like tell us all about America. Yeah. Yeah, George Clooney. Yeah, George <laughs> I'm Clooney. Still on George Clooney. Yeah, no, Clooney, he's a lock. He's a lock. Because you've got the handsome man. You've got a guy who struggled to get a great career. You've got a man who's both done mainstream things. He was Batman, but he's also done a lot of indie art house yeah. things. And he also buys satellites. To spy on warlords. That's so I think we got to in dip there. into the other. So like Hillary Clinton. Hillary. Maybe maybe Hillary Clinton. Interesting. I don't know about that. You don't know about that choice. I don't choice? know about that. Like she well she's already dealing like she knows a lot about the world. It's true. Yeah, that's true. She's got and like how America experience. deals with the world. And it is from an American perspective. You are choosing someone to represent America's best interests. So I guess that makes sense. Yeah. All right. Okay. I don't know. I got to think this is like a really, you put a lot of thought into Cape Blanchett. It may not come down to you. Like, let's be honest. So, <laughs> it might come down to you for Australia. Imagine if, imagine if they're like, we've chosen our people from America, Hillary Clinton and Oven Man. And Oven Man. Hey, I'm I mean, oven it's man. just his moment. I got caught in a, <laughs> I got stuck in an oven once. George Clooney was going to be here today, but um, that asshole's never been stuck we in We still oven. have the same agent. We did a commercial we together. The same agent. And like, we did hang on in that commercial. I got the wrong email. <laughs> <laughs> but I think you would send anybody, and George would just take over the kind. Con- like I would just be like George, let him know. And the alien, but you send Clooney and his wife. But my theory on all of that is the aliens don't need to have a sit down with anyone on our planet. If there's a educated and enough interstellar race yep. of other people that are even coming here, if they have enough can do spirit and enough know-how, then they already know all about us and they've been watching us for centuries. Don't Have you they, think? though? Don't you think when we discover our first... Like, We're going to be scoping out things before we just go there. That's we'll what we do with planets. we stumble into it like fucking idiots. Well, yes, do you think so? Yeah. Like, if we do... That's why I'm thinking George Clooney might be it because he's going to be the first person to afford, like, I'm going to go to the farthest reaches right. of the galaxy and he's going to be like, oh, because he took his part in uh, the well, movie like Gravity too seriously. about, like, the Italian villa, villa right? Yeah. He's always been living in this Italian villa. He's like, what if right I had now? an Italian like- villa on Jupiter? Right. <laughs> So he like goes even out of our galaxy. Yeah, that's a good point. Stumbles into yeah. so he would find them. 
Is, is my point. Right. Like, that's what I think. He had an agreement with the movie. You know how like Johnny Depp took points on the Pirates movies and now like owns islands and stuff yeah. like that. Like in this scenario, I like to think that like George Clooney, uh, when they were trying to negotiate the deal for that movie, he goes, okay, but you just need to give me some space travel equipment. <laughs> <laughs> I get to keep this after the movie. I get to keep this rocket. Well, they've said, they have said that probably what the most likely uh, – scenario of finding life in space is going to be aquatic life in yeah, right. in one of uh jupiter's moons probably titan which is like an o- ocean water-based moon but that's covered in ice so we need to develop a spaceship that cracks that ice goes in and we're probably the first alien we're probably going to see is going to be like a very ocean-like sea creature and it's not going to be that exciting right well that's the thing like and that's what real science is saying and that's our kind of, like, if we recognize alien life, when we see alien life, it might not be life as we know it. Probably will be like a way. creature. Yeah, yeah. yeah something true. that if it was just like in Australia, you'd be like, oh, yeah, okay, that's an Earth yeah. creature. Right. That's, yeah, that's, that's like a platypus or right. a kangaroo or something. Yeah, it's not going to be a fully intelligent, unless they come to us. I think the only way that we're going to meet a fully intelligent creature right. from another planet is they've come is here if on they, purpose. If they've been watching us, they right. want to come here on purpose. I don't think... I don't know if we're going to be able to just stumble. That can't end well for us, can it? Like, if we ever have an alien... they've been watching us for years and come, we're done. Yeah, we're done. We're done. Our best hope is if we stumble in... But I think, you know, that first group of astronauts, like that movie depicted, like when we do go to Titan, the movie The Europa Project... uh, Europa, that's the place. The moon of Europa. And it's just a giant, like, squid sea creature and kills the whole crew. That probably most likely will be the scenario of how we see an alien. You'll see it like on a screen for a second, and I'm like, and then like all the astronauts die. <laughs> I was like, "There's an alien, and it looks like a squid." I don't think it's just going to be like going into a room. It's like, "Hey, we're the aliens. <laughs> Have a seat. You're the Australian contingent, Miss Blanchett. Who did you say? You, <laughs> Mr. Jackman. Jackman. Hello, we're the aliens. Uh, did you hear they can't make the new Wolverine film? Hugh, ja- <laughs> yeah. Hugh Jackman was enveloped by an alien squid. <laughs> yeah. So it is going to be like. So we're not going to want to send our two Best. brightest we'll minds send, to the first. We'll send a trip. couple we can afford to lose first. I'm. I'm a lot of promises on these like other Earths when they talk about like the Kepler satellite thing and they're talking about other Earths. Uh-huh. That's those are the people that are probably working on. They're probably already watching us i just always assume that we're dumber than whatever we're gonna find first like like all of our kepler technology to see them they've been watching us that same way for like ever mm. like other planet you think so or we you you think we're the race that's the first to see to watch other planets i don't think so i assume there's more intelligence out there well I, it just it, it it depends on what that how that intelligence manifests itself. Because you could argue there's things on Earth that are much more intelligent, like you know, in the way they're constructed, or you know, the way that the complexities of you know their life and what they can do that live on this planet under the oceans, those sort of things already yeah. than us. Just in the way that we've evolved, we've evolved to be this like we're explorers. That's what we've always been, human beings. You know, we're explorers. That's what you know spread human beings all over the planet and has taken us off the planet. We have this urge inside us to to explore. So I think that who knows what other like intelligences or other alien species or whatever, whether that was something that was necessarily manifest in who they were, you know, and how they developed. Oh, so you think we might stumble upon like a lazy planet where right. they're like, what are, you, <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. Like a Why are you here? Like, we're explorers. Yeah. Fuck off. We're, we're fools. So we we're off, just here. We're, like, we're just, 
We're fine. Did thank you. Did you have your own planet? No, thank you. Yeah, no thanks. <laughs> Where did you come? How did you get? George Clooney just shows up like, I'm George Clooney, a famous actor from Earth. And like, could you show yourself out? Just, Why are you? Uh, Why do you do any of this? Did you read that theory? <laughs> You're an actor? Why are you here? It took us centuries to develop this technology. Aren't you impressed by No, we kind of want you to. Fine, man. What is your deal? I'm busy. Did you read? I just did read you a come theory. back in a couple of years? Come back. Maybe we'll care. But I read this theory that um, our reality is actually a NASA scientist has come forward. I'm going to try to pull up this story. Okay. A NASA scientist has come forward and said that, hey, you know what I think? I think our reality is actually a hologram uh, supercomputer uh, false reality developed by a far intelligent to us alien race and everything we know to be as Earth is a computer program. What do you think about that? Uh those <laughs> What do you think about that one? Firstly, I think that guy would really enjoy the TV show Person of Interest. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I dig those sort of thought, I love them. I dig those I dig those oh. thought bubbles. Yeah. Like I dig I've had experiences in my life, you know, psychedelic experience, those sort of things where my perception of the reality that we think we exist in at least in the moment that i was in that experience did not feel to be true it felt like you know we were part of some bigger consciousness or something else was going on and this was just like a you know like a program a manifestation of like you know i read that sam harris book about free will and he um argues that point that like do we really have free will because you talk about you know the the people that 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 everything that happens in your life forms you into making certain decisions and yeah. doing certain things. So that's the argument of this is like, that's all pre-programmed. So everything we know, cause there are like phenomena, like, uh, like you will have, like, like you felt like you've done this before. You felt like maybe you've dreamed this happening to you before people. Said well, even that like idea that. of them, like at the moment, you could imagine if we were in an experiment, yeah. they'd be like, now we're like, well, let's, ratchet up the anger level and let's ratchet up the violence and mistrust and see how that affects the program. Do you know what I mean? Or whatever, the simulation or whatever that is. Like, I mean, I think those are great thought bubbles to explore. (laughs) It's like the idea of quantum physics or alternate universes. Oh, yeah, yeah. But you can always, there's like, you can reach... Uh, enough to where you, where those arguments are just ridiculous. Like who? I mean, who, then who created if a super intelligence and created us? Then then who created them? We're just right back to like. Oh yeah, I, creationism. Oh, well, there's <laughs> who invented the supercomputer people? I think that we spend a lot. I mean, I think that it's nice that we explore these ideas, but yeah. I think that it's ridiculous <laughs> that anyone thinks that they a know the answer and that yeah. they. The thing that I think we have to resign ourselves to human beings, and I think it would help us go forward, here it is, is that if we just resigned ourselves to the fact that it's natural to search for the answers to these questions, but we will never in our lifetimes, of the people who are alive on this Isn't planet... Isn't that the worst, though? I We hate will that. probably never find out, and maybe no one will ever find out, but we will certainly probably not in our lifetimes evolve to the point that we understand fully what it is that we are doing and what we are part of. Not right, unless, unless George Clooney has something to say about it. So let's, <laughs> so let's just try to move forward. Let's stop pretending that you know and you know and you know and you know, and actually recognize that the thing that powers all those things is there's something in, inside us that says, "Why are we here? We want to know in some sort of way," and yeah. that's fine. And now let's try to find some answers and, and move forward. But what do you think? I, but eventually, but then we always have that nagging thought of like. Eventually, something's going to come around where we know everything, right? Well, what man, generation gets gets to see that? Why can't it be ours? I mean, it's well. I mean, that's I, always the question of like, why can't we be the ones that like 
see the aliens. Yeah, but you know how far away like that like is. It's it's not in our lifetime. I can't imagine it's in our lifetime that we, you know, I, I just look at the point we are in our sort of evolution and capacity with technology. Although it does grow, you know, extremely quickly, I just think we'll destroy ourselves before we get to. That's that my worry. Is we're just gonna <laughs> destroy ourselves completely and never know. And then, like future races on this planet, be like they just never figured it out. I mean, because that's already happened, I guess. <laughs> to right? a lot of civilizations, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's true. They didn't know that they were dying out at the time, I imagine, right? They thought they were going to figure it out. Right. Like uh, uh, Rome, the Romans thought yeah. that they had everything figured out. And then they just died. And then they were gone. Right. That's probably going to happen to us. Yeah. That's a nice note. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. No, I kind of I find that empowering because it means that we can be open to all possibilities and we can explore these things. But the thing at the end of but it does also open us up to just not taking things so seriously. <laughs> Maybe we should just like live our lives with this idea of like we're just not gonna know, we're not gonna figure anything out. We're just like kind of going along with what we got. We're here, so just like have a good time. I mean, I think there there is certainly an element of that where you're just like, well, this is how this experience seems to me. How could I make this more pleasant? I mean, you know, if you died tomorrow in an accident, how would you have liked to have spent your week before you died? You know, I think sometimes that's just Podcasting. important. Podcasting. <laughs> Pretty much this. In an oven, weirdly enough. That is how I'm going to spend my last week right. on Earth, probably. Doing a Three podcast. or four podcasts. <laughs> that's really good, though, because that'll be great for those podcasts. Oh, right? You know I mean, like when, yeah. That's I mean, you want to have the last one, right? I had that thought about my album. When my album came out, I was like, man, it'd be great if I like, like, like died next week and then this album would do wonderful. <laughs> I mean, I had Greg, <laughs> like horrible thought. I had Greg like, Barron on man, my... Can you imagine how well this would do? <laughs> I mean, I, that's an interesting thought, though, even that thought bubble that you're having there, which is that thing where we... Um, you wish yourself success in your absentia. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, right. You have, you're dead in this. So you don't give but a shit But nothing does better for well like, yeah, like a film or something like that right. than, but, than your death. But you don't know because you're dead. <laughs> yeah. Like, so the truth of it is if you were going to die tomorrow, you wouldn't give a shit how your album went. You'd just give a shit whether it was something that you were proud of and you made the thing that you really wanted to make. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting topic of conversation, but probably not full of hilarity. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's. Uh, we should wind it up anyway. Cause it's but anyway, we're living in a hologram designed by aliens. Right. So just know that. Well, we could be that, though. But, but then you look They're at- saying, like, everything you look at is part of the computer program, and you're just supposed to see what you're just supposed to see. That's what this article said. It, so anything you see... So I, I, I have a hard time with that argument because... Now we have like news and it's reported on what other people are saying at all time. Right. We're seeing what everyone's saying at one time. So how, how's this computer program keeping up with our advancements of figuring out the computer program? Right. Well, our understanding of what like a computer program would be in this hypothetical scenario too yeah. is not what their understandings of computer program would be. But Right. Uh, so that's what we always say think, now of like, well, we, well, it's not what we think it is yeah. now. It's a, a superior intelligence. You can't, you're not going to get it. And that's and but that's the religion thing as well. That's why it always comes back to this idea of oh no no they've got that sorted. And I kind of I get that as a, as as a falling back point of view. But here's what I would say about the the computer thing or the fact that we're running or even the religion thing is there's too many bad things 
that happen in the world. Right. That if it is a God who is in control of this or if it's a computer program that's in control of this, then I don't like either of them. Right. Because I don't know why you're doing so many unnecessarily yeah. nasty and terrible things. Who's the things. asshole that designed cancer right. to be part yeah. of our supercomputer? Like, do you mean? Like, if there is one yeah. person in charge or one computer or whatever in charge, then you know what? That person is a really terrible person. <laughs> right, exactly. And I have no time for them. I have that thought all the time. Right. Of like, man, if I meet God, I'm going to be like, why was war a thing? What's your problem? Right. Baby cancer. <laughs> what was that? Did you? Why did that? Why was, what that, was that? What were you? He's mad one day and you're like, babies get cancer? That was a little, like, you could have not done that. Post-traumatic stress disorder? What the, What was that? You just yeah. wanted to destroy some veterans' lives? <laughs> yeah. Total schizophrenia where you don't even know what you're doing right. ever? That's part of it? Yeah. <laughs> you're an asshole. You're a terrible person. <laughs> all right. Yeah, all right. Uh, Andy Peters, where can people find you uh, on the internet? And, uh, you know, where can they buy your album and all those sort of things? Andy Peters, comedy.com, uh, at Andy underscore Peters is my Twitter. You can get my album, exclamation mark, question point, at AST Records or on iTunes. And it's, uh, you can watch the film now. Steve Feinert's filmed it, and that's on Hulu. Uh that you can watch that performance. It was a one-night-only show I did at the Virgil Theater, and it's an album and a special, and you can boop it and scoop it. You can get it on iTunes, uh, too. Did I say that? Digitally. Okay, we'll just say it again. If you didn't say. <laughs> uh, I, uh, gigs, anything like that? You got uh, shows coming up? Anything that people can come and see? Yeah, well, I'm doing... Well, uh, next weekend, I'm doing a bunch of stuff at the Special Olympic World Games, oh. which would be cool wow. if uh, I'm doing all the announcing of the soccer events, like co-announcing with people of, at the UCLA venue. Uh-huh. So if you guys are in town, if anybody is in town for the Special Wor- Olympic World Games, just go to that. All the that'll, soccer events that'll and be fun. That'll be a really cool. Yeah, I'm gonna to do go like to. yeah, I'm gonna do like announcing and man on the street stuff and like oh awesome. I do a lot with Special Olympics. It's and this is like Where did it's that, the so Olympics you, within the Special Olympics. This did is you like not uh, think to bring that up when you were having man? Surely that. <laughs> Don't you think that now, like now you're finally bringing it up? You had this platform yeah. as other man to. You know. But once I become other man, I'll no. forget about all like the positive charities. Right. <laughs> like a better. Like people, Special Olympics will be like, not like your oven man. Yeah. Do you want to be like the face of the world games? No, rather not. $20,000. <laughs> I'm going to have to charge you. That was old Andy Peters. Now and I'm, I want the park near the venue. <laughs> That's right. I'm, I'm, uh, uh, I'm headlining Flappers in Claremont, California. Okay, cool. Uh, first week of August. And then, oh, I just found out, uh, this is a little ways off, but I'm going to be at Hell Yes Fest in uh, the first week of October in New Orleans, which is like a really awesome comedy festival. And this will be my first stand-up in New Orleans, so there you go. Come, uh, come and see it. I will be doing uh, my – oh, well, I'm doing set list tonight, but you won't hear that uh, in time. I am doing uh, Free Will at Nerd Melt tomorrow night, uh, 7 o'clock uh, the reserve tickets are completely gone, but they say basically if you just line up on the night, they jam everybody in. So if you want oh, yeah. to come along, uh, it is free to come and see that show. So that's Saturday night. Then uh, next week I'll be at Comedy on State, Madison, Wisconsin. Uh, then after that I'm in Toronto uh, doing some shows as part of Just for Laughs and then uh, Montreal uh, the 25th, July the 25th, Saturday, July the 25th. Come and see my Free Will show in Montreal. That's going to be uh, really great fun. So uh, after that I'm doing Free Will in Sydney. That's uh, only two shows at the end more in this 
selling out really quick. So if you want to come to those, come and see those. And uh, Perth, uh, October the 10th over that weekend with All With Justin Hamilton. All right, guys. Uh, thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this uh, three-parter. I don't know... Bundle, bundled might, package of fun. Yeah, I think I might put it out as like, I think it's like episode 209 or 210 or something like that. I might put it out as episode 210, part one, part two, and part three. Man. You know, I think epic. maybe that's... Like an epic three-parter. Yeah, I think I like... I maybe we should do like a previously on, previously on part two. Previously on. Of the bundle fun package. And then you just say something like, uh, spunky rock... No, what was it? Sparky Rocky Roads. Sparky Rocky Roads. Not, spun- <laughs> not spunky Rocky Roads. Spunky Rocky Road. That's a completely different one. Uh, all right, uh, Andy, thank you so much, my friend. Thanks for having me. I'll talk to you again soon.